Hallelujah. Praise God. God is doing awesome things in our midst. Amen. Amen. And uh, we just want to thank God for preserving us. We're all back and this is a new year. New year, new me. (laughs) And you know, we've seen it before. You know, beginning of the year, it's like resolution time. It's like breakup, new boyfriend, new girlfriend, you know. (laughs) New chapter, new gym membership. And uh, then the church is full, you know, for a month, you know. And uh, I really want to encourage you that it's not for any reason that these cycles come along to allow you to almost have a reset button. It gives you a chance to, to begin to, to, to start again, to start afresh. And God's plan for you is amazing. And it, it requires that you collaborate with that. Yeah? Tell the person next to you, work with God. Don't work against Him. And, and you know, the church is sort of like a, a, a nursery. A nursery where, where shoots and, and, and plants are growing. And the, the Spirit and the anointing of the Holy Spirit is, is over your life, beginning to germinate the, the beauty and the glory of Christ. And it is so important that you don't uproot yourself and move around. Uproot, put there, uproot, put there, uproot, put there. Soon enough, your leaves will be yellow. Soon enough, you'll be complaining, murmuring. And we believe that this year will be different for you. Amen? There are many of you, you're in church this morning because you've decided that, look, I've decided to follow Jesus, no turning back. And we believe that this year will see you not only established in the, in the house of the Lord, but growing. Amen? The, the key is not just to attend, but to grow, to mature, to progress, to develop. Amen? Whatever is alive must grow. It must progress. If, you, if it's alive and it's not growing, and prog- there is dysfunction there. Amen? But God has a plan and a purpose that is progressive and it is intertwined with the purposes of God in the house of God. Amen? And so I just want to emphasize for us the fasting. Fasting allows you to displace yourself from the control of your natural man so that your spiritual man can begin to take dominion. Amen? Many of us have made huge, huge, huge mistakes because of the dominion of the natural man. In fact, the word of God says that the carnal mind is at enmity with God. And the natural man receives not the things of the spirit because they are foolishness to him. Do you understand? And so when we fast, we begin to, to afflict or we begin to suppress the voice of the natural man so that the voice of the spiritual man can begin to have the ascendancy. Amen? And many of the things that relate to the kingdom of God come to us because we receive them. How many of you understand that sometimes you switched on the television to watch the news and then it says that, There's no signal. The issue is not necessarily with the signal that is coming from God, but the receiver that you have in your house. So the TV is gray, and you are changing the channels, and you are saying nothing is happening. But next door, you just hear... And on your side, it's not that the, the company has anything against you. Multi-choice or DSCB doesn't have anything against you as an individual. There's no persecution here. But maybe one cable is not properly plugged in at the back. Or the antenna is not properly positioned. Same way, Christ came and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ has appeared unto all men, teaching us to deny ungodliness and worldly lust and pursue the things of God. But not everyone is receiving the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Join us for the fast. Amen. And I also want to say this, if you are fasting, remember it's, it's about praying. Tell the person next to you, it's not a diet. For 21 days, 
21 days I'll be fasting, you know. Because <laughs> the entry, the entry forms for Miss Namibia are when? <laughs> Is it March? <laughs> anyway. So, so that's, that's a fasting and join us in the, in the worship. It's important that you don't isolate yourself. God does something in a corporate environment like this, yeah? You might say, no, it's me and Jesus at home. You know, I receive just as much, you know, me, Jesus, and all of that. But God has called you not only to walk alone. He's called you to a community. He's called you to a family. Amen? Next thing is planning. How many of you, you've already written down your goals for the year? Not resolutions, goals. This is too few. Can I see that hands again? No, people don't want to lie, you know. <laughs> One of my goals is not to lie. So, it's important, it's important that you set goals and that you write them down. Some of you, 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 are, you are so spiritual, you believe that God is so sovereign that you don't need to plan. Wrong. It's unbiblical. God is so sovereign that you should plan. Amen opportunity, time and chance come to every man. But it is the man who is prepared that seems to be prosperous or benefited or or lucky. They call him lucky. You are lucky. You are lucky. Lucky. (laughs) It's not lucky. It's the word of God applied. Amen? Proverbs 21 verse 5. Put it out there first. Let's read it together. The plans of the diligent lead to profit. As surely as haste leads to poverty. Are you diligent? Yes. Do you have plans? No. Hard work without plans means hard work for those who are planning. (laughs) If you do not have goals, you will always work for those who have goals. Which is not bad. Maybe your goals are aligned to their goals. It's important, especially the fathers. Where are the fathers in the house? If you are a father, just wave at the Lord. Are we only seven? (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) I'm like, wow, there are so many mothers in this church. Please, 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 let's do that. All right. Um, If you own a business, if you own a business or you run a business, please stand. I've got a word for you. This holiday, as I was receiving dreams and visions, I, I really felt the Lord saying, tell the Namibian people, the Namibian business people to produce new things. Tell them to bring new ideas, to bring innovation, so that we create capacity to export. Amen. And if you're in business, the grace of God is proceeding towards you for new kinds of products, new kinds of brands, new kinds of processes, new kinds of services. It's coming towards you. Yeah? So just hold your hands like open like this and the people around them, just stretch your hands to them. In the name of Jesus, we prophesy grace of creativity and revelation and wisdom over business people. Uh, despite whatever the economy might say, Lord God, that they will be the ones who pioneer, that they will be the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath, Lord God. That their progress will be evident because their source is another kingdom, Lord God. And I thank you and we bless them for that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 One more. Um, yes, Brother Emmanuel, please stand. The Lord, during the holiday, was speaking to me about you. I saw a vision of you prostrate before the Lord, behind a couch, lying down, worshipping the Lord, worshipping the Lord, worshipping the Lord, worshipping the Lord, worshipping the Lord. And I really feel that there is a realm that is opening to you, a new season, a new realm that is opening to you. Your heart is after God and you are expectant for him to fulfill his promises and to fulfill his purpose in your life. And God has not been waiting. He's been working behind the scenes. And I sense the grace coming upon your life for that to be introduced and ushered into your house, into your home, into your family, into your life. In the name of Jesus. Just stretch forth your hands. 
Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for Emmanuel. We thank you, Lord, that you are the one who is working in him to will and to act according to your good pleasure. Father, we release, Lord God, the grace for a new season, Lord God. I will continue to scale the next level that you have for him, Lord God. In that place of worship, in that place of devotion, Lord God, resting in you. That he will see great and mighty things in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So this week we are starting a new series. And it's going to run probably for the next, uh, for, for the next month. And uh, maybe on. I know we've shortened our services to accommodate, and we'll see. Soon enough, we'll probably have an evening service going. But I want to encourage you to, be, to follow what, what the Spirit of God is doing in this, in this series. Amen? It's called Abundant Life in Christ. Now, during the crossover service, we had a prophetic word going out concerning the watchword or the, the theme for this year. Does anyone remember? John 10 verse 10. What does it say? The thief comes only to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come that you might have life, and life to the full. So we believe that this year is your year for abundant life in every single area of your life. This is God's mission. It's God's plan. This is why Jesus came. He came that you might have life and life in abundance. In contradistinction from the thief who comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Jesus has come that you might have life and have it to the full. Amen? Tell the person next to you, I'm watching. I'm observing you this year. You are starting well. You are starting well. (laughs) Some people are like, you know, during those uh, 1,500 meter, you know, running, you have to pace yourself. You see some guys, you know, (laughs) Usain Bolt, and then after 200 meters, to the grass. Yeah. God wants us to be like a marathon runner. Consistent. And the truth is that God enables us for this. But he enables us practically. It's an enablement that happens when you are listening to the word of God. When you are worshipping God. It's an enablement that happens when you are under the word of God. Amen. The word of God will make you what it talks about. It is the seed that will bring forth the fruit and the harvest in your heart. Amen. So we are doing a new series called Abundant Life in Christ. And it is based on the book of Ephesians. The letter to the Ephesians written by the Apostle Paul. And the Apostle Paul was writing this letter from prison. From prison. And you will consider that many of you might be in a situation where you feel I'm in a prison. I'm, I'm trapped. And because I'm in a prison and I'm trapped, I'm not able to praise God. I'm not able to attend church. I'm not able to be in the fellowship of the believers. I'm not able to express my worship because I'm in a prison. No. What the New Testament tells us and what the epistles and the messages of the, of the Apostle Paul teach us is that despite your circumstances, there is a reality beyond this one that is able to give you a victorious life no matter what. And sometimes you're going through the fire and the Lord is telling you, you need to, you need to be in a better, you need to be in a better mood. You need to be rejoicing. You say, how can I rejoice? How can I rejoice when the, when the kraal is empty? How can I rejoice when the rain is delayed? How can I rejoice? But the word of God tells us rejoice in the Lord always. When the economy is good or bad, rejoice in the Lord always. When your wife didn't, didn't cook that special meal that you wanted, she cooked the other one. <laughs> rejoice in the Lord always. Amen. And it is important that as believers, you realize you have a new life. The life that you have from your mother's womb is the first life. That is why the scripture says you must be born again. When you are born again, you are born into your second life. That life is the life of Christ. Now, Ephesus... When the Apostle Paul was previously going through his missionary um, travels, 
He stopped in Ephesus and he preached and he taught for two years there. And Ephesus was the seat of the goddess or the worship of the goddess Artemis or Diana of the Ephesians. A very despicable religion. Yeah? If you are in the ministry team as a lady, if you are in the ministry team of that, of that uh, religion, it means you are a prostitute for the goddess. Human sacrifices. All sorts of despicable things, just like we see in our society today. Some of you are like, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. those Romans were evil people. <laughs> just look what's happening around us. The kind of progressive things that are coming along. Trans this, trans this. But we preach transformation. We'll discuss that more at ENLI this year. So the book of Ephesians is writing to the Ephesian church after the Apostle Paul has established the work. And he writes it later on. He, he was in Ephesus for two years. His, his ministry was so effective that the, the, the proponents and the shareholders of the, of the, of the para-temple para and para-artemis worship businesses were starting to shut down. Because people are now worshipping the true God, worshipping Jesus, no longer buying the artifacts of Artemis and going there and paying all these things. And so the business was shutting down. What happened? They immediately dragged the Apostle Paul to the authorities and said, this man is ruining our business. This is the power of the gospel. Many of us, we want to go into Ephesus and tear down the strongholds through prayer. No, 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 no. The Apostle Paul preached the gospel. The power is in the gospel. He says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes. First to the Jew, then to the Gentiles. Tell the person next to you, preach the gospel. After all you're praying, say something. They cannot smell Jesus. Faith comes by hearing. Amen. And they were able to displace the center and the stronghold of that city. The, the Diana, the temple closed because of the preachings of one man. That's why he was being imprisoned. And he says, I'm too happy to be imprisoned for this cause. I was born for this. And he writes to the Ephesians and he tells them that this is the benefits that you have in Christ. Amen. Give us the next slide. So our topic is called Identification with Christ. It's a Christian doctrine. And it, when we say identification, it's not like provide your ID for identification. It's not like that. Identification means to, to, to see yourself as that person. Does that make sense? To, to identify yourself with Jesus. Those who, who fear persecution will not identify or associate themselves with Jesus. But it's not just association. It's not just, I'm in the crew. No. It's not just, I'm in the group where Jesus is. I am in Jesus. This is the position of the believer. And this is what distinguishes Christianity from other religions. Christianity is not just a religion. It's not just actions that you perform in order to appease the requirements of God. No. It is the life of God himself in the human body. So therefore, if you are not born again, you cannot be a Christian. You cannot. As much as you come to church every Sunday. <laughs> yeah? You will be a churchgoer. Just like if every Sunday I stand in my garage for two hours. Cars, cars, cars. Cars, cars. V6, V6, V8. You will never become a car. Just because, even if you were born in the garage. Some of us were born in the garage. Even if you were born in the garage, it doesn't make you a car. 
So those of you like, my father was the, the, the deacon of this church. I was born into Christianity. By, by No. No, 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 no. You must be born of God. Amen? Otherwise, you are wasting your time. You might as well go there, sin properly, till a Christian meets you and says, my brother, you must be born again. Then you come. God doesn't want you half, half, full out. Amen? So, the question is, who is Christ? Who is Christ, church? Huh? The Son of God. Huh? What is Christ? What is Christ? Messiah, Savior. Huh? The Son, Jesus. The Word. <laughs> you know, the important thing as a believer, your knowledge of the Word of God must be very real to you. Because these are things that are invisible. Where is God now? In the room. Can you see Him? Even though Annette is Lord, you are here. Lord, you are here. <laughs> Can you see Him? No, the things of the Spirit are discerned spiritually. The natural man cannot receive the things of the Spirit because they are spiritually understood. You receive them through your spirit man. Now, if you are spiritually dead, you are disconnected from the life source, you are not able to assimilate. The only thing that you can receive spiritually is the gospel. When you have the gospel preached to you about Jesus Christ and His work, then faith arises and that seed is an eternal seed. Boom! You are a new species. Do you understand? So when you are in church, take it very seriously. Sometimes you're in church, you brought your friend along, and your friend is always like... And you almost must tell your friend, can we discuss this later? I'm busy handling business. Yeah? Why? Because the, the, the parable of the sower says that there are different kinds of results from the same seed. From the same people who are coming to the same church. One will be strong. The other one will be semi-strong. The other one will be mild. The other one will be cool. And the other one will be unsaved in church. Why? Because the worship is great, man. I mean, I like that song, you know. <laughs> and it is so important that you do not sit here for 14 years, for 25 years, and you are wasting your time because you haven't positioned your heart to receive from God. Amen? Go back. Christ. So Jesus is, is called Jesus the Christ. So it's not Jesus Christ like, like um, a surname. Yeah. Christ is not his surname. Please sign here. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's not like that. Christ is a title. Like. Jesus CEO. Do you see? And his title has with it many appendages. So when we are identified with Christ, we are not identified only with Jesus the man. Do you understand? And when you are identified, it means all the benefits... All the benefits of the person you are identified with, they accrue to you. This is why it's different from Islam and from Hinduism. All of those other religions are self-effort religions. Do your best and then God will weigh up. Or do your best and you will, you, you will go to enlightenment. Or do your best and you'll finally find like your identity completely abolished. And you become part of the big Brahman God. And you can't love your children because they're self in that. So all other religions are false. Why? Because it is all man's, man's attempt to soothe a guilty conscience. Before a holy God that sees through everything. The secret thoughts of every, every sinner are up 
plain and exposed before God. So Jesus is born. We celebrated, or we didn't celebrate, but we had Christmas. And during Christmas, the focus is a lot on Jesus being born. Unto us, a son is born. Unto us, a child is born. Unto us, a son is given. The government will be on his shoulders and he shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. Yeah. And so we're singing away in a manger and all of those wonderful songs. Now, that is okay. But at that point, Jesus was not anointed yet. At that point, Jesus is doing his identification with man. So, he is taking your place as a human being. Why? Because he is going to be the sin bearer, the scapegoat for the sins of the whole world. So now why do I say that? Matthew 16. Jesus is sitting with his disciples and he asked them, who do men say that I am? And, and, and some answer, no, no, well, some say you are Elijah the prophet. No, some say you are Jeremiah the prophet. And then he said, but who do you say that I am? And this is the crucial question today. Because you ask many guys, do you believe in God? Yeah, I believe in God. Then you ask them, do you believe in Jesus? Well, because this is the big question. Everyone seems to believe in God. Why? Because some have defined God as themselves even. They all believe in God. There is a deification that comes because we have eternity in our hearts. It has been stated as there is a God-shaped hole in man's heart that can only be filled by God. And until Christ comes to have that place on the throne, you will always either worship a false God or make one up. So the question is, who is Christ to you? Who do you say that Jesus is? And Peter stands up and he says, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. You are the anointed one, the son of the living God, the Messiah. So the Messiah is the sent one, but the Christ is the anointed one. And then he says, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And then he says, and you are Peter. Out of the revelation of who Jesus is, when you begin to realize who Jesus really is, you begin to find who you are. And your identity becomes, to, becomes established in relation to your revelation of Christ. And then, once you know who you are, then it says you are Peter, and on this rock. So your identity becomes established and stable. It says that those who listen to the word of God and apply it, they are like those who build on the rock. The storms may come and all of that is irrelevant because the house stands. So then you build on the rock because of your revelation of Christ. And then on this rock I will build my church. And then the gates of hell will not prevail against it. For those of you, the devil is always harassing, 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 harassing. Who is Jesus to you? Who do men say I am? Then the gates will not be able to prevail. The gates of hell will not be able to prevail against you. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom. Yeah? And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Do you see the authority? So many of us are where? Still at stage one. Who is Jesus? We don't have a revelation. We might even say, hey, son of God. Why? Because I grew up in a Christian home. When was he born? December 25. <laughs> Those irrelevant facts, they are all mental here. But they have not become a revelation. Like, like Jesus said to Peter, flesh and blood. You didn't go to school. Your parents didn't tell you this, but my father revealed it. So when you have a revelation of Christ, your Christianity is no normal. You are not just a church member attendant. You are not just among your friends the good guy. You are harboring the life of God on the earth. 
And then, John the Baptist is preaching as Jesus' cousin before Jesus comes into his ministry. Now, before Jesus comes into his ministry, John the Baptist is prophesying and saying, I'm the voice of the one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. So God is coming into the earth. Prepare the way of the Lord. I'm the, the voice of the, the one crying in the earth. Prepare the way of the Lord. And they asked him, are you the Messiah? He said, no. After me will come somebody who is greater than I. I baptize with water, but after me will come somebody who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And I am not even worthy to untie his sandals. And then what happens? Jesus, in his identification with mankind, is not only born a man. He's not only born taking up the body, the physical body of mankind. But he is coming to stand in a sinner's queue at the Jordan River. Where people are coming to wash away their sins under the baptism of repentance by John the Baptist. Why? Because Jesus is coming just in the same way that he, that, that the priest would have two goats. One goat that will be slaughtered, one goat that will be, the hands will be laid, and all the sins of the community will be pronounced, and that goat will be let out of the camp to die outside. Jesus is coming to receive that impartation and to relate and to take on all the sins of the world. And so he comes to John the Baptist and he says, I'm here to be baptized. And John the Baptist points and says, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of this world. This is the one that I was talking to you about. This is the one. So Jesus comes to him and he says, okay, baptize me. And he says, no, I cannot baptize you. You must baptize me. Why? Because you are the son of God and I am the sinner prophet standing in the waters doing a a ritual in order to prepare the way for you. And Jesus says, no, you must baptize me so that all righteousness may be fulfilled. So Jesus is coming to identify fully with mankind and to take his position as the sin bearer. The Bible says, for for God made him who knew no sin. To be made sin, to become sin for us. So that we might be made the righteousness of God. All the other religions are trying to attain their own righteousness. But we are made the righteousness of God. Because we are identified with the one who became sin. So after Jesus goes in the water of baptism, he comes out. And the Holy Spirit comes upon Jesus for the first time. And the book of Acts says how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth. When? After John was preaching. So when did Jesus become the anointed one? Right there. When the Holy Spirit came upon him. Boom. And the heavens opened. And it said, this is my Beloved son. The son whom I love. And I am well pleased in him. So Jesus now. Gets out of the waters. Enters the desert. And he goes into an altercation with the enemy. Comes back in the power of the spirit. And he begins his ministry for three years. Now. Give us the next slide. It is important for you this year. Please. You must move from step one. You must settle in your heart who is Christ to you. Some of you, you only come to church because you are forced by your friends or your parents or something. You must make your decision. God is going to ask you. I sent that other black pastor there in Dorado to tell you about salvation in Christ Jesus alone. What did you do with it? No, I was already a good person. There is no one that is good. All us like sheep have gone astray, each one to his own way. There is no one who seeks God even. No, I'm seeking God. (laughs) It's a cop out because you, you want to be your own God for as long as possible. You are the God who seeks other gods. (laughs) So, who is Christ to you? Once you realize that, 
you get the revelation and the blessing of God begins to open in your life. Part of that blessing is revelation. And then you become established on a rock. The gates of hell will not prevail. And then you begin to mature. Is that clear? This is something that you must apply this year. Give us the next slide. Ephesians. Let's see how far we get. So we are going to read through the book of Ephesians. We'll see how far we get today and then we'll continue next week. I encourage you at home to read it. This is the letter that holds super revelation, I'm telling you. There are things in here, they are too good to be true. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus. Next. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. Have you noticed that Paul always says that this is what's coming from God? Grace and peace. But that's another teaching. Next verse. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who what? Has. Has. You see the tense. Has. Bless. Not praise be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus, who will, or might, who has blessed. But in the heavenly realms, in with every spiritual blessing, where? It's in Christ. The great blessing, the full blessing, all spiritual blessings, is in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Christ Jesus. Oh. So God foresaw and he, he predestined us. He, he destined us to become sons and daughters of God. And th- that sonship and daughtership of God was not supposed to be some kind of adoption which is far. It's just the same sonship that Jesus has. Uh, you are not excited about that, huh? <laughs> if you know who Jesus is and what he has with the Father, and you see yourself in Christ, you will know. In accordance with the pleasure of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves, Jesus. In him we have re, through his blood, the forgiveness. What, what's the tense there? In him we? Tell the person next to you, I have the redemption. I have the forgiveness of sins. I don't need it. If, if I'm born again. Because I am, I think. <laughs> in him we have redemption. In him. We have, there's no, like, I'm not wanting to get born again, but when I mess up, I come to God and I say, God, please forgive me. There is no forgiveness outside of Christ. So all the asking for forgiveness... If you are not born again, there is no forgiveness of sins. Why? Because without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. Sins don't just get forgiven. God is a judge. He's a righteous judge. And he sees too much. His eyes are too good. He sees not only the behavior, he sees the intention, the motive, the thoughts, the disposition, and the preparation. And so you need someone's blood who is pure and perfect to wipe that. In him we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of his grace. That he lavished past tense. Why? Because it happened in Christ. With all wisdom and understanding. He made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he purposed in Christ. This knowledge, this knowledge is unique to the church. It is not just obvious. It is unique to the church. And the church is the one who carries the, the custody, the custodianship of this mysterious will of God. We are the only ones who carry the, 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 the key. To open salvation to the nations. Not even an angel. Not even an angel qualifies to preach the gospel. And you will see later in the book of Ephesians. It explains that we even reveal to the rulers and the principalities. And the angels. How this thing works. Why? Because we are the sons. 
He no longer calls us friends because the friends don't know all the details. He now calls us sons because the sons have full access. So you open the books, you see what's in the budget. The servants... mm -mm. (laughs) Hallelujah. To be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. This is God's plan. The corruption of the earth, droughts, all sorts of tsunamis, earthquakes, thorns, mosquitoes. Those things were not biting Adam and Eve. After the fall, the whole creation was corrupted into vanity, into death. And through the church, through the sons of God, it says the whole creation groans in earnest expectation for the sons of God to be revealed so that they can be delivered from their vanity. They find a true purpose. Creation finds its true purpose in Christ through the sons of God. You thought, no, I'm just a normal Christian. I come to church. I, I read my Bible. I give my tithe. And I sit in the corner. You know? Then, then when, all my friends, when my, all my friends criticize me and persecute me for being a believer, I just say, ah, it's fine. It's fine. You will see one day. No, 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 no. You don't understand ambassadorship. When you come to be born again, you have, you have scaled the highest levels of what is glorious. Some of you, you put your Harvard degree here, or Yunam, <laughs> Yunam degree here, and say, wow, wow, I'm somebody. I'm somebody. But you don't count your baptism into Christ as much. You don't know who Christ is. You don't know the purpose of God in bringing the whole creation in reconciliation with the Father through the church. In Him we were chosen. Okay? Is this the next one? Yeah. Having been predestined according to the plan of Him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of His will. Next one. In order that we who were first to put our hope in Christ might be for the praise of His glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of the truth. When were you included in Christ? Tell the person next to you, preach. This message is the power. You can't let the guy smell your good works. He will say, yeah, I thought you were just a a good atheist. (laughs) No, I was a Christian, man. I I, I was trying to let you know that you need Christ and in Christ everything. No, preach. God has chosen that through the foolishness of preaching to save those who believe. And the gospel is foolishness to the Greeks and it is an offense and shameful to the Jews. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God and it is the wisdom of God. The cross. Right? That is why we preach so boldly as if we were sent by God. (laughs) As if. Now, you might say, yeah, but I, I don't have P.S. in front of my title. P.S.D.S. No? P.S.D.S. R.E.V. Reverend D.S. I don't have that. So I cannot... Pre- no, guys. I've seen some young ladies, small young ladies, preach to a group of men. Tears. Transformation. All those families represented there in that group. Delivered because of the preaching of this small girl. He has made us kings and priests unto God. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of the gospel. The gospel of your salvation. When you believed you were marked. When you believed you were marked. How many of you saw a mark on your body when you believed in Christ? Mm -mm. that mark is only visible in the realm of the spirit. When you are walking at home and all the witch doctors came to visit for the funeral, right? They know when you arrive at the reservoir. (laughs) 
or at the village. They know it's like, oh, there comes one. You are just laughing, you know, organizing and you know, at the wedding. Organizing and helping. But already the guys are like, hey, check out, check out, check, 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 check. Why? You have been marked. You have been branded with the Holy Spirit. You remember when Jesus would walk into a room and the demons would start saying, have you already come for us? We still have time. Why are you here? And he would say, shh, quiet. Come out. Why? They recognize. And the Bible says that we are in Christ. We don't come with our own face there. What they see is they see Christ in you, the hope of glory. They see the, man, the majesty. You might say, you know, but my little light, it's Wednesday. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it. But it's Wednesday. The, the battery is running out, you know. And now I'm at the funeral with a small light. No! That light is Christ himself. It's the full light. You must know who you are this year. This year. Many of the things that the enemy is deceiving you in. Okay. Who is the deposit? Jesus, uh, the Holy Spirit is the deposit guaranteeing. <laughs> guaranteeing our inheritance. And who, who are we inheriting from? Who are we inheriting from? From God himself. Yeah? Until the redemption of, of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Okay. Give us the next slide. We are out of time. I just want to read for us two scriptures and then we will close. We will continue next time. The next one. Colossians 2 verse 8 to 15. And Annette was saying some amazing things here. It says, see to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception according to the traditions of men, according to the elementary principles of this world, rather than according to Christ. For in him all the fullness of the Godhood, of the deity, dwells in bodily form in Jesus. And in him you have been made complete. And he is the head over all rule and authority. And in him you were also circumcised with a circumcision made without hands in the removal of the body of sin, of, of the flesh, by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised up with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. Next one. When you were dead in your transgressions and uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive together with him. Do you see the identification? Having forgiven us all our transgressions, cancelled out the certificate of debt consisting of decrees against us, which was hostile to us, and has taken out of the way, and having nailed it to the cross, when he had disarmed the rulers and authorities, he made a public display of them, having triumphed over them through him. So that means, that means the same way that Jesus identified with us as mankind. We, now, when he died, we died with him. Let's say this together. When, when Christ died, God saw me dying with him. When Christ was raised from the dead, God saw a new me raised from the dead. When Christ ascended to his throne and seated on the right hand of the Father, God saw me ascending with him. Coming straight into the inner court. Straight into the throne room. And sitting right there in Christ. He made me complete. Last scripture, Corinthians. This is the second service. It's packed and it always goes over time. For the love of Christ controls or compels us because we have concluded this. Do you see? It is your conclusions concerning what you are reading in the word of God that matter. Pastor Chris's conclusions are good for him. And he will relay that to you. But once... Okay, <laughs> let's go. That one, 
we have concluded that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he has died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh or according to their natural appearance. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh. Like, is this Jesus? Is this the Son of God? Just a Jewish guy, just like me. He even gets tired. He even goes to the bathroom. He identified fully. And we considered him according to the flesh. Some of you are frowning as if Jesus didn't go to the bathroom. (laughs) We regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And all this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself. Not counting their trespasses and sins against them. And entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Let us stand. Right where you are, just begin to thank the Lord. Lift up your hands to Him. And say, Lord, I need revelation. I need understanding. I need my eyes to be flooded with light. I need to know Jesus Christ, who he is, what he's done for me, where I am, who I am, because of Christ. This world is not my own, belongs to Christ, and I am in Christ. Today, Holy Spirit, open my eyes. To the truth of Christ. To the revelation of Jesus. Hallelujah.